What are the three key fantasy football questions facing the 2023 Denver Broncos? It's time to break down Russell Wilson and the rest of the team under Sean Payton as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm running about NFL and fantasy football and other things at sportingnews.com. Check it out now as we get you ready for training camp. We've got a look at the running back contracts, the franchise tags that came and went there, the deadline for Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard. We know we're going to watch Barkley and Jacobs with great interest with their holdouts for fantasy. So we'll have a lot more on the updates there. We'll look at some news and notes next week there after we get through all 32 teams. We're asking the key questions. We're up to the Denver Broncos. We're up to our last division here, the AFC West. So 28 teams down, four more to go. Hard to believe we're right there at the beginning of training camp, but we're going to get through all the teams of the league for you. So Broncos, very interesting. They're in transition. Russell Wilson in year two with the team. Year two with a new coach here with Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi taking over as the offensive brain trust from Nathaniel Hackett, who goes to the Jets and reunites with Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of interesting things, a little unknown about the Broncos. I'd say a big unknown across the board here, what we're going to get exactly from their offensive skill players for production and fantasy. So we'll try to answer those as best we can here at training camp and get into that and uh, give you insight uh, that you need to know to help you with your draft prep here on Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first one day. Every day, as that means, we have the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs on deck. So excited to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the rest of that offensive juggernaut tomorrow if you missed any of the shows check it out all the nfc teams most of the afc teams are up except for this division that we're going to start today with the broncos subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast we're part of locked on podcast network your team every day your fantasy football team every day all right let's uh, go in to the first key question russell wilson what do we expect from him in year two in Denver with the new coach, Sean Payton. Is this a rebound year for Russell Wilson? Well, let's first see where we were with Russell Wilson to see where we can go. He finished at his QB 16 overall, which actually was better than I would have uh, imagined here if we look at just four spots out of the top 12 in his transition. I think there was higher hopes that he would finish much higher than that. But again, he didn't finish the strong year in Seattle the year before with his injury and uh, really plummeted there. So we were tempered with the expectations in terms of average scoring, drop it down a little bit to QB 18. He's actually ranked QB 17 under Sean Payton right now. So really interesting number that we look at overall with that here where look, it's right in between where he finished last year. So there's not a sense, according to the industry expert consensus rankings, that you're going to see much better Russell Wilson. Pretty much wedged in, averaging those two numbers from last year. But there are some signs of encouragement. He had four 20-point games there, and 
that was not bad. 20 plus point games. Three of the last four, he was fantastic. He had multiple TDs there, eight TDs overall, averaged nearly 242 yards passing per game. So he played some of his best football down the stretch in the last few weeks. But unfortunately, that was with Nathaniel Hackett. That was over. Let's look at the numbers actually the last two seasons for Wilson when he had that thumb finger issue that caused him to first miss games in Seattle the year before in 2021. 3,113 passing yards, 25 TDs, six touchdowns. But the biggest thing that has really hurt Russell Wilson's value, 183 yards rushing only, two TDs that year. Bumped up to 277 and three on the ground last year. But we know even with the passing numbers going up to 3,524 yards, he's disappointing with only those uh, 16 touchdowns. That's not a lot. But interesting that he had half of those come in the last quarter of the season, he had 11 interceptions, also uncharacteristic. So he has decided and chose not to run as much as possible here. Keep in mind, in eight of the first nine seasons, he had in Seattle f- over 400 yards rushing. So Russell Wilson has really had done a departure of that. Even just a few years ago in Seattle, he had 500 yards rushing plus. So uh, it's interesting that Wilson wants to limit that part of his game. I get it. He's a little bit older. He's uh, 34, so maybe that's it as well, where he doesn't want to take a beating there. He has been sacked a lot. In fact, he was sacked the most times in his career. I mean, we know what uh, beating he took in Seattle, getting dropped quite a bit there, but then he set a record personally with 55 sacks, and there was a lot of problems there with that offensive line. Garrett Bowles was not available. He was lost a season. He was uh, having a breakout the year before as a pass protector there before Wilson got there. You have uh, now Ben Powers in the mix. He's an addition on that offensive line at left guard, so he improves things from the Ravens. And you also have a solid right tackle now, Mike McGlinchey. He comes over from the 49ers in free agency. So Powers and McGlinchey, a bit of a splurge here up front for Denver. So better protection should be there with Bowles and McGlinchey. But part of it we know, going back to Seattle, it doesn't matter if they had Dwayne Brown. It is on Wilson, right? He holds the ball a little bit too long, tries to make things happen, and now he's not taking off and running, and that's leading to that. So maybe now that he'll be thinking about running instead of taking those lost yards, Sean Payton maybe going to stress that a little bit more, go for the positive yards there. Now, interesting with his weapons. Tim Patrick is back. He wasn't available at all last year as a key third receiver. He had the torn ACL, so you had a third option behind Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. You had Marcus Callaway, the Saints receiver, a little bit of a buzz with him. Then you look at now Marvin Mims. They're high on the rookie out of Oklahoma, maybe to replace Jerry Judy in time. But, again, you get Callaway and Mims and Patrick to add to the mix. Greg Dolchich has some upside here as a young tight end. So a lot of things to definitely look at with the Broncos and what they can do here with the passing weapons they have with Russell Wilson. Now, this is kind of an Aaron Rodgers-type situation. When I say that, Aaron Rodgers didn't have the best seasons. We're on one-year delay, however, because we know the Hackett era was pretty bad for one year in Denver, so we're kind of glossing over that. So you're looking at Aaron Rodgers now with Hackett. He gets a jump into a different style of offense. We have to weigh the weapons there with the Jets. Now you kind of uh, skip over that last year for what Wilson did and say, what is he going to do with Sean Payton? Because that's really what we're looking for now. We know Sean Payton's history. Joe Lombardi, the offense coordinator, is strong going back to New Orleans. Drew Brees with the consistent numbers as a fantasy football top QB one. But they also dropped off right quite a bit when we went to James Winston and went to that transition with Taysom Hill. So it wasn't as good there overall. So it was really about Drew Brees more than anything else with those numbers being put up in that offense. So 
Russell Wilson, however, is, I'd say, a Hall of Famer right now based on what he did in Seattle. I mean, just too much accolades there for one year in Denver to spoil that. So he is a special quarterback. I think Peyton's wanted to work with Wilson, another undersized QB on the shorter side that can make some plays here. So really excited to see what Wilson can do with Peyton. But, of course, we're going to temper our expectation. I won't think I would get too aggressive. I think it's kind of convenient to put him down there, bury him among the QB twos kind of in the middle but i think he can bounce back i mean that's pretty impressive that he put up those numbers when he had a bad reality season so again if he can get to the efficiency cut down on those turnovers push the rushing total above 300 maybe push 400 that'll be good here and the, the less sacks will keep him in play to throw down field he can take advantage of his weapons to get more touchdowns there they might be a little bit hampered as well in the running game we'll talk about that javante williams out of the gate being a little hurt, so that could prompt them to pass more. Their defense is not nearly as uh, dominant. They're also in a division here. There should be some high-scoring games between the Raiders and Chiefs and Chargers. So that really helps overall with Wilson. So, again, slight rebound. I don't think he's going to finish right where he was last year. Maybe QB 14 might be as hard as you go because there's so many options before. But I think Wilson's not a bad guy for thinking late as a quarterback option and looking for platoons playing the matchups there. And that's how you're going to approach Wilson. So I think a little bit bump up from last season's finish for sure is merited just with the confidence in Peyton confidence in Wilson and his uh, body work. Plus what's around him on the offensive line, the offensive skill position. So that's fair, but don't go too crazy. I just don't think there's room for him with a lot of the producers that we've talked about here in the past at QB to include him in the top 12. So I think those days are over, but he's going to be a solid backup with some upside here in 2023. All right, there you have our first key question answered with Russell Wilson. Our second one will be a status update and figure out what's going on with uh, Javonta Williams in the backfield. We'll ask that next of the Broncos. Again, uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free. Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe and follow. Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, everywhere else as well. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, and it's a good time to get in on MLB right now. It's the end of the All-Star break. We're getting to the swing toward the stretch run. We'll have the trade deadline here at the end of July. Take your first swing at betting MLB right now on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in a particular game. That's always fun with the props. It's all an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly at FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet on MLB in any sport than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. And visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball and a proud sponsor here of the Locked On Network. All right, it is time to continue the show and look at the second key question facing the Denver Broncos here in 2023. What's up with Javonta Williams? What is his timeline to be an effective running back again? So Javonta Williams was a big, buzzy guy from last year, as well as Brees Hall. Well, it didn't work out because Javonta Williams tore his ACL pretty early in the season. So he's still recovering. It was a devastating knee injury. So it was the multiple ligament thing that we're looking at. So 
it's going to take a lot of time and it's been almost a year, not quite here. So the question is, is he going to be ready for training camp? He feels optimistic that he'll get some clearance from the ACL, but team is playing it cautious. So Sean Payton is cautiously optimistic. You could still end up on the physically unable to perform list to start the season if things are not responding well in camp, or they could just designate him that in camp. And then we'll have to see if he has to miss the first six games there with that designation in the regular season. Obviously that would make his uh, volume plummet last year. We really never got to look at him there as the feature. They really had to stuff in a whole bunch of other guys right now. He's got a conservative ranking in half point PPR, according to expert consensus at RB 29. The Broncos did sign Samaje Ryan behind him to get a little versatile running back. So Ryan has had some good runs here with the Bengals as a versatile receiver. So it was a good pickup as a contingency plan for one Williams. And I think you have to look at P. Ryan as a premium handcuff here. And that's what I would do. I would uh, be a little aggressive in going after Williams because he has so much upside. Be aggressive in getting P. Ryan right behind him. I might go back to back on these guys here. Given their rankings, RB29, RB39, around where their average draft position is as well. Now, another reason I like going after P. Ryan right after Williams, you look at Tony Jones Jr., he uh, had some experience with the Saints, and Tyler Batty returned, so he's the other running back. But look at this. I mean, ridiculous amount, second most there with the vacated carries here, only to the Lions, 319 carries gone, 394 running back touches have disappeared. Now, if you want to know who's all gone, it's uh, Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds, and one Mike Boone. So all those guys are out of the mix here. So really cleaned house. Now, what was available, 389 work in the backfield. Then you look at just what Murray and Gordon, their two most productive running backs in the stead of Williams did, 250 carry so pretty healthy number 1021 yards and seven tds so you had uh, just him alone williams before he went down 47 carries for 204 he also added uh, 16 catches to push that up to 280 yards of scrimmage no tds there but that's what's available 250 1021 and seven there's also total of 1368 available there in scrimmage yards uh, you had that combination of murray and gordon also Caught 51 of 66 targets. So a lot of available catches there. I mean, he had 16 in a short period of time. So really could push those 50 catches here if he can get on the field. So, again, Williams is just that good and that talented. If he's somewhat at full speed, we're hoping that the knees won't affect him too much. But, again, I want to hedge my bets and have part of this because we know Sean Payton likes the one back, but he's going to incorporate the second back pretty well here. You can see some Alvin Kamara maybe in the versatility of Javante Williams. They want to be a running team. Take pressure off Russell Wilson. Wilson is at his best when he has play action, can throw the ball downfield with his deep ball accuracy, playing off the running game. So I think there'll be some dedication to that. And if they have to work P. Ryan early, it makes sense with Jones and Batty being behind him. They'll probably add a veteran here behind. We haven't seen Dalvin Cook or any move of that nature to suggest that they're panicking. I think they're happy with P. Ryan if he has to carry the load early, much like the Bengals were with Joe Mixon doing that. So, Again, I want to sneak away with Javante Williams because I think he just carries that much upside. I think he's going to be a little bit forgotten. He's got a way better value instead of a top 10 running back that he was last year at RB29. So you can steal him. You can be even more aggressive, take him as the borderline RB2, even a few spots before his ranking, and then snatch up P. Ryan aggressively as well. And then 
you've got your access to this Broncos backfield. Again, good offensive line without Powers and McGlinchey joining Bulls. You got Sean Payton, you got Joe Lombardi, really good effect on the running back. We saw Lombardi, what he did with Austin Eckler, making him a key asset in the Kamara mold with the Chargers last year. So all things line up well, but I think you have, if you want to get Javante, don't just sit on him, go after it. He's just that good. And again, you have uh, your backfield taken care of if you invest in P. Ryan. It's a premium handcuff, but again, you don't have to put a premium in drafting Williams, so that really helps as well. All right, there's the breakdown of the second key question facing the Denver Broncos. Again, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. Make your second listen, Lockdown NFL here. Uh, subscribe, follow for free, for free wherever you get your podcasts. Every day, we'll look at the Kansas City Chiefs next to Catch up with all your favorite teams here as we break down things ahead of training camp. We'll go full swing five days a week next week as uh, teams get to start opening there. So look at it all across the Locked On Network here. And uh, thanks again for checking us out. And uh, we look forward to uh, breaking things down for you the remainder of the offseason to help you dominate. And we'll have you all covered all season long as well here on Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, it is time to close the show and look at our third question here for the Denver Broncos. Is there anyone other than Jerry Judy we want to explore in this uh, Broncos receiving core at wideout, we should say. There's someone at tight end we can look at, but let's look at Jerry Judy's finish from last year. Wide receiver 21, however you slice it, in half-point PPR, average points per game, overall total. So he was a solid wide receiver, too, with that number, right? So... I think he surprised us because we thought, okay, Cortland Sutton, we'd heard the buzz about the chemistry with him and Wilson. That didn't materialize. Maybe Judy was a little bit better fit for what Nathaniel Hackett wanted to do. Right now, Judy is being a conservative wide receiver 22 in the expert half-point PPR consensus rankings. It's not good for Cortland Sutton across the board. He finished at wide receiver 43 in this format last year, wide receiver 46 in average scoring, ranked at wide receiver 45. So much like we had with Wilson, we're splitting the difference, the expert, rankings and putting him right in the middle but I think that's a little bit uh, concerning here because you have Tim Patrick again he's going to cut into some of the work of Sutton because Patrick is that outside guy that could get his targets Jerry Judy has more route versatility to run on the inside you also have Marvin Mims lingering there this is a contingency for not signing Jerry Judy to a long-term deal so something you want to look at there but there's not a lot of uh, targets that are vacated when you look deeper 160 but a lot of them are the complementary players. All those running backs we mentioned, they were responsible. A lot of tight ends, they cleared house here behind Dolchich. Now they have Albert Okubainen and acquired Adam Troutman. So then you have Tim Patrick, who didn't play at all last year. So you're really creating a crowd, and the vacated targets are not the opportunities that you think they are here in 2023. So I don't know. I think Cortland Sutton, he signed that big deal. He just didn't seem right. He just not as lived up to expectations. Patrick is going to cut into his work quite a bit here as they use the 11 personnel. They could use also more 12 personnel to help Dolchich here. So I think the key targets with Wilson, I think he wants to push the ball downfield to Sutton, but I think with Sean Payton, they're also very emphasizing the shorter passing game intermediate. So you'll see a lot of Judy and Dolchich in the middle of the field. Again, Patrick kind of hurts that a little bit, as well as the presence of Marcus Callaway. It was a good history with Peyton going back to New Orleans. So there's just a lot of complications here for these outside receivers. Well, Judy and Dolchich, short to immediate, inter- intermediate, work in the middle of the field, uh, slot to uh, kind of cross over there. 
are going to have some success here playing up the run. So I think they want to throw downfield better, but Judy is also capable of doing that. I think you'll see some big plays from Marvin Mims as well. He's got a vertical threat ability. Belchitz, we know, is a plus athlete who can get down the seam. So, again, I'm really looking at Jerry Judy, and this is conservative. I think however you look at it, I don't think it matters where you rank him among the wide receiver twos. He has upside all the way to wide receiver 13, 14, 15. Or his uh, average could be more 18 to 20 there. Either way, I think I would maybe go in the middle and not be too aggressive with Jerry Judy, again, because of the drafting of Mims. But there's a big separation between him and Sutton and the key effectiveness use, especially with Patrick in the mix. And, again, uh, I, I still believe in Dolchich here, even with Troutman following uh, the Saints system from New Orleans in that trade. Because I think he'll be treated more like Albert Owen. It's not like Troutman cut in much to Juwan Johnson's work at all. He became the key scoring tight end there. So there's potential with Dulcich, a little bit of a hybrid sensibility that Juwan Johnson had as well in New Orleans. So again, Judy, wide receiver two. I think a variety of outcomes for him within that range of 13 to 24. Dulcich, a back-end tight end one, maybe in a deeper league. Uh, you can see him as tight end 13 or 14, where he's ranked with the expert consensus in half-point PPR. All right, there's a breakdown of the Denver Broncos for you. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football. Again, your first listen today. Make your second listen to Lockdown NFL. Good job there, breaking down the entire league from reality perspective uh, ahead of training camp, so much like we did here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. So don't forget, we still have three teams left. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers. So just uh, nine more key questions left here in our preview series. So good stuff there. Then we'll turn our attention to the news and notes and some rankings updates for you next week. So a lot of good stuff coming all offseason long here. We're just beginning with your draft pep here in the offseason. So for Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll check you out next time with a look at the Chiefs.